This month in the Hustle Humbly community, we're talking all about working with family. Not just as a real estate business partner or team, but also representing family in their own transactions. Want to hear other community members share their stories and advice? There's still time to join us in the group and participate in the May Live. Head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash membership to sign up. See you there. He walked into different units in our complex that had painters and he's like, this looks good. Do you want a job? Yeah, and good job. Like, okay. <laughs> Perfect, come around the corner. But Kirsten, I just got over brown from the beginning of the 2000s. I know, I know. I still have clients <laughs> painting over the tan and the, and the builder brown. Like, I don't know if I can just go back. I'm like, look, I can help you make your house look clean and empty and ready to yeah. sell. <laughs> I cannot make it like shine or have a special things. This is insane. This is so many people. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hello, everyone. It is episode 199. Oh, good. Of the Hustle Humbly podcast. And today we have a guest, Kirsten Erickson with Alma Homes is here. Kirsten, will you tell the people about yourself? I have followed your Instagram for many years. Um, and so I think a lot of our friends will know, but just tell us who you are and what you do. Well, first and foremost, thank you guys so much for having me. This is going to be so fun. I'm so excited. Um, But yeah, so my name is Kirsten. I am the owner and the founder of Alma Homes, and we are a design-build firm based out of Minneapolis. So we do, um, we design and we build custom homes, we do remodels, and then we also help clients design throughout the entire country. So that's just a a quick and dirty overview of what we do. Right. So tell us like how how long you've been doing that. You went to school for architecture, if I'm right. Like tell us yes. kind of like your beginnings and how long I guess Alma Homes has been in existence. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a rare person in the sense that I actually knew when I was in eighth grade what I wanted to do. My dad bought me essentially a video game that was kind of like The Sims and I just fell in love with it. I always loved math. I always loved art and then I got this computer game and I'm like, I want to be an architect. This is great. And so from that point on, I just, I fell in love with it. I went to school for architecture. um, And I will say I didn't have any experience in the construction industry or even in the design industry. My dad was a financial advisor. My grandpa was a dentist. My other grandpa sold insurance. So this was all new territory for me. Um, But I did know I had a lot to learn. So I also got minors in construction management and housing studies, just trying to be a sponge and learn as much as possible because I really didn't know anything. Um, And so after I graduated, I went to grad school um, and then I got my master's of architecture and I also got an MBA because I did know that long-term running my own company was something that I did want to do. And then when I graduated from grad school, it was kind of like the armpit of the economy. The housing market was in the toilet And a friend from undergrad reached out and he was working for a custom home builder and they had a position in interior design. And he was like, I know it's not what you want to do. I know you want to be in architecture. But at that point I was like, it's a job. I will take it. It's semi-related. I will not complain. And so through that position, I fell in love with the entire design process. I fell in love with being involved 
in the interior design, in the architectural design, and the construction side of things. And so from that point on, I just knew like I wanted to be involved in everything. So I worked for a couple different companies for a few years. And then once I felt like I wasn't learning anymore, I just branched off and started Alma Homes in 2017. So we've been been here ever since. I love that. Okay. I think it's so interesting that you kind of are the full package. So you have the architecture experience mm-hmm. and education, the design, you know, mm-hmm. the interior design and the construction. Do you find that to be sort of rare with builders? It seems like these are generally three different people, right? Yeah, there's a couple different paths that you can take when you do build a home. So you can go more of the traditional route where you hire an architect you hire an interior designer and you hire a contractor. That's the more traditional, the more common approach. Um, Design build is an option where everything is under one roof. That's what Alma Homes is. And it has grown a lot in popularity over the past 10 or so years. Um, But it's definitely not as popular as, as the traditional path, I would say. So are you the architect for your company and you handle the plans and every like what is your role specifically yeah that's a great question so I yeah I do I oversee all of the plans Um, I am involved in the interior design process as well I more so just oversee that we have a great interior designer that really heads that up Um, and then a lot of just behind the scenes day-to-day business things one thing Mm -hmm. you do learn running a business is I'm sure both of you guys know is wearing a lot of hats and mm-hmm. every day is unpredictable. So, mm-hmm. okay. So the, the builds that you do are mm-hmm. all local to you in Minnesota, right? Correct. How many do you do at a time? And mm-hmm. like, I guess in the course of a year, maybe, or like, what are, what is your client load at, at any given moment? Yeah. So each year we probably, I would say it it ebbs and flows each year. We do about 10 to 15 projects per year. And that's a combination of new construction and remodeling. Um, Everything from a build standpoint is local. We do take on remote interior design projects throughout the country. And at one time, from a design standpoint, I will usually have one or two people in plans and we'll usually have one or two people in the interior design phase. So I'm usually working with three to four people at once heavily in design. And then in construction, we can we can handle a lot more in construction because we utilize subcontractors for everything. So yeah. we have great project managers that oversee the actual on-site activities. Do you prefer building or remodeling? Oh, that's like picking a favorite child. I, I love know. Them all. I know. <laughs> building is so fun because it's from the ground up. The opportunity is endless. You can literally do anything. But remodeling, I don't know, there's something so fun about taking a space that doesn't work and just transforming it and really making it work for your client. Because you don't get that fun before and after feel when you do new construction. It's just, this is it. But but the renovation (laughs) is like, look at this thing and look what we made it into. And it's just, we saw one on your Instagram. Oh my gosh, we were laughing. Did they tear this house down? And I'm like, I don't see them. Yeah. (laughs) It looks like, I don't know what they did. It's not the same though. Yeah. It looks so good. I will say it it is very rewarding though. The very first house that I ever fully designed the plans for walking through that first house will always be one of the most special experiences. Just knowing like this came from my head and now someone lives in this. So there there is that with new construction. That's so fun. How long does that process take when you're taking it out of your head and like working with a client to make plans? Like Mm -hmm. I'm always, 
fascinated by, I mean, my husband and I have built two homes ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we had a drafter who did our plans, but we're like in the kitchen measuring, okay, well, what does 10 feet look like? What does 12 feet look like? (laughs) Well, how big should the island be? Well, let's stay in here and walk around it. And like really super overthought it. But from your perspective, like how long is that process? It really varies based on who you work with. We have a pretty efficient process. And so I would say most of our clients, it probably takes about three to four months. Um, but we, we get pretty in depth just to make sure everything ex- is exactly to their liking. And so it does take a little while for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause once you've done it and the walls yeah. go, it's not like you can just go no. move a wall. I move love when people, and make, yeah, when you just, this is not quite big enough. I'm like, that, that's not really how any of this works. Like we Mm-mm. have to know, but yeah. the nice thing I think about the way you have it set up doing the construction and the design is that you have a more practical knowledge of the build part. I think that I've seen at times, sometimes the architecture world or the design world doesn't really understand like the practical application of putting that thing, that structure on the ground and building it. Mm -hmm. And so there becomes a little bit of friction where it's like, well, you drew this, but we can't do this. Or so I think that's kind of nice that you have that um, to share that full perspective for your clients. Yeah, it it definitely is a benefit for our clients for sure. I mean, we see it a lot where sometimes clients will actually come in with plans that a different architect drew and uh, not to bash any architects. I think sometimes there's just, if you don't actually have the direct construction experience, there can be that disconnect where they don't understand fully how much things actually cost. I would say cost is the biggest factor where we get these plans and like my architect told me this is a million dollars and we're like, this is $3 million. There's no way this is a million dollars. So I think sometimes that can be a struggle for sure. Um, But again, it really is just dependent on on do you find yeah do you find that your build clients ever come to you confused about what the cost is going to be and like they've bought a piece of property and maybe they've even acquired plans and then they show up and you're like well this isn't a million dollars it's three million dollars and all of a sudden it's like well we have to have a three thousand square foot house so Mm -hmm. if we can't build it do they ever scrap and then buy or like yes i find that that happens a lot here yes Yeah. And we have a pretty extensive um, like questionnaire process and vetting process. And we're very upfront with clients because we're design build. If we don't build, you know, we're not getting paid like a traditional architecture firm will where we're, you know, billing hourly and everything. So we're incentivized to build your house. So we're going to have that tough conversation on the front end. Like if this isn't feasible, you're going to know it's not feasible. And hey, let's find a house that you can buy and we'll help you remodel it and make it your dream home then. That was something that we found very refreshing about your website. Um, it's so good, by the way. Oh, and it yeah. is very direct in the FAQs mm-hmm. and just the about section. And we love that you weren't afraid to shy away from the fact that y'all are a luxury brand. Like you have created a specific area that you want to work in and that's what you do. And if it's outside of that, you don't do it. And so we really thought that your um it was very transparent. Yes. Like, this is where renovation prices start. This mm-hmm. is where our bill prices start. Like, if you're not even in this world, like, then we're not going to be a fit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to kind of see that. Well, thank okay. You. Thank you. You're so welcome. It was so nice <laughs> to, like, explore and, like, learn. Okay. Do you have a client wait list? If you're only really working, I guess, with those four at a time, and how long is the wait to work with your company? It really depends on when you reach out to us because it's different in every season. So right now, 
based upon what you want to do, we have a wait list of probably about six weeks. We usually don't have these really crazy wait lists. Um, we do have great a great team that's able to handle a lot and do a lot efficiently. So we usually can get people in pretty quickly. Um, but that being said, with when you look at how many leads we start with to how many projects we actually do, we filter through a lot of people to actually get to the right clients for sure. Hmm. I bet the filtering process is time consuming. If if a hundred people came through and filled out mm-hmm. all of the questionnaires and went through the fees and the pricing and understood the process, how many like what would you say your percentage of them moving forward is? Is it like ten percent or fifty percent? Oh, that's such a great question. I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. We actually have a pretty decent conversion rate, but okay. within the past two years we automated a lot of things, which was really scary to do because we are a very, you know, we're a very high end, um, brand essentially, where it's like a very high touch point for our clients. And so internally we're like, how do we navigate that? The first experience they have when they reach out to us is essentially a questionnaire. But once, you know, our social media presence started growing, we were just being inundated with leads and we're like, this is not sustainable. Like this is a full-time job, just responding to leads that are nowhere near the right fit. They kind of filter people as they go to make sure, like you said, okay, this is within my price point. Even on the, the first initial lead questionnaire, it's how many square feet do you want to build? This is what your budget needs to be. So that right there will filter people out. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, if I had to guess, I would say we probably sign at least 25% of the solid leads that come through. And I think social media plays a huge role in that just because they feel like they know us by the time we actually have that conversation. Well, your social media is done so well. Well, thank Um, you. you We follow your accounts. And so we have so many questions about how that came to be, like how you knew that that was something you needed to do for your business and how you got started there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like were you always a marketing brain? Like that was your – like I guess tell us the the origin of your social media and and like what your, I guess, vision was. Yeah, so – it was my secret weapon when we first started the company. And it actually started previously when I was working for different companies. I just, I love home design. And so I was always posting on my own page, just what I was doing. So I was so passionate about it. And then one day randomly, one of my thing, one of my posts got reposted by this account and overnight I had like 5,000 followers. And at the time it's like, this is insane. This is so many people. And so when I ultimately did start Alma Homes, I knew that that was the avenue that contractors were not utilizing, but people in the millennial generation, that's where they were looking. And so I think that really helped propel us forward at first because we were able to get in there and start growing a presence before it was mainstream, especially in in our market too. So that it Wait, really, really helped us. What year was that that you started um, all my homes on on like Instagram. Do you remember? 2017. Okay. So it's really not that long ago. Not that long. No. It's funny too because Ethan, who's my husband now, um, but he ran previous companies in a past life. And when we first started, I'll never forget this. We always laugh about this story, but there was this big hailstorm and he was like, um, oh, this is great. We can do some fast roofs. We can do some fast siding just to build some capital right now while we're first starting. He's like, Kirsten, this is what you need to do. You need to print some yard signs. They need to say, all the homes on budget, on time. And I'm like, 
I will handle the marketing from this point on. You stick to like I got this covered. We're good. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. That's <laughs> wild. Okay. So was all of your growth pretty organic on social media? Like it just took off because the timing and there wasn't a lot of people putting out what you were putting out. Did yeah, it was definitely a slow burn for sure. Um, I've always been very business minded. I love marketing. And so I love watching the trends. Um, but we honestly didn't see the most of our growth until probably 2021 when reels started to take off. As soon as reels came, I knew because I had seen how different things had rolled up previously on Instagram. I was like, we need to adopt this right now. We need to figure this out because Instagram is heavily trying to compete with TikTok. So we need to like get on the front end of this wave. And that really is what exploded our account for sure. Hmm. Yeah, we actually watched one of your reels that was so good about the like seven questions to ask um, when you're selecting a builder. So will you because I kind of like the, the how you've taken your it's as a designer who does renovations, it's content is pretty easy. And I feel the mm -hmm. same way about we're realtors, our audience is yeah. realtors. There's content for days because you're going in houses and people exactly. love to look at houses. It's not hard. It's not like being a loan officer or an insurance salesman. Like, right. There's pretty things to look at. So it's mm -hmm. pretty easy to put some content out there. But will you share with us some of the questions from that? Do you remember that reel with the, yeah. the things to ask your builder? I would love for you to share a few. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the questions, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but I do know for sure some of them were, what are their processes? Um, I think that's a very, very important question to ask. Um, as we've done more remote design throughout the U.S., we've been exposed to different contractors and how they operate. Um, and it just makes us very thankful for our processes because there's a lot of very transparent information. Um, and so understand what their processes look like because it will affect what your experience is like with them. Um, and then another one too is what are their timelines? How do they handle backordered items? Because things have gotten a lot better since 2020, but we are still feeling some of the effects with long lead times and whatnot. So how are they proactive? So you don't sit there with your house on hold for three months because your tile's delayed. Um, right. So those were a couple just off the top of my head. Love that. Yeah. So good. Alyssa did a flip um, last year and she had to order her windows before she even closed. Yeah. I did. Window lead times, they're, they're getting better now, but they are still, they're long. It's wild. Like, can you imagine? Like, we're in plans. We might yeah. break ground tomorrow, but we're going to need to order those windows right, mm -hmm. right exactly. now. That's the very first thing that we do with our clients still is we'll do the minute they sign their contract, we do a window meeting to make sure everything is good. I mean, we've gone through their plans and everything at that point. But we're like, we are ordering windows right now. Right so we now. have them when you need them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I also really love that you have so many facets now, I think, that are being added to your business. So you're not just doing this one thing. Mm -hmm. um, we specifically kind of want to ask you about your personal real estate journey yeah. because we know that you're building, or mm -hmm. I don't know if you're done with Altitude, um, you know, your vacation home. And then you, we know you just renovated Emerald, the condo um, at the beach. So tell mm -hmm. us how you got into that and like kind of what your plan is for your personal real estate, I guess, yeah. addition to your business. Definitely. So there's a two-part answer to that. So the first part is that it has, I went to grad school in Colorado. I love Colorado. It's just a second home to me. 
And so my entire life, one of my bucket list goals has always been, I want to have a house in the mountains and I want to have a house in the beach. So there's definitely some, a personal agenda in driving, in driving those purchases for sure. Um, but a big part of it too was also Ethan and I not only are in the same industry, we are in the same company and it's not lost on me. I graduated when the housing market was in the toilet for lack of a better term. And so it's not lost on me that we need to diversify because if there's ever a recession again, we want to make sure that we're protected. And so I, you know, we selfishly we wanted to have, you know, these homes in these different locations. And we decided to branch into the Airbnb market and, and try that out and see how it goes. So we just listed altitude. I think it actually goes live today or tomorrow, um, which we're really or not altitude, I'm sorry, Emerald. Um, and then altitude is wrapping up here in the next two months. It should be ready for a listing in July. So we're really excited for those to go live. So that fun. is exciting. I have a cabin in Gatlinburg, Tennessee that oh, we fun. Airbnb and VRBO. And it was my first one. It was super old, mm-hmm. super old, uh, but had all the space and the view. Like I, pay, I got it for the view. Yeah. And I've just slowly, you know, done what needed to be done. And it's come a very oh, long fun. way. But oh, I'm like, yeah. man, I think if I was going to do this again, I would love to have the budget to get something a little bit newer to not yeah. have to just. And then you're remodeling between guests like Mm -hmm. as you you kind of get it ready and then it's just little pieces of time you know like I just had to rebuild my whole deck and we had to do it between guests so it was just interesting but do you self-manage it then or do you have a property management company I I just pretty much do it myself. I have um, a cleaning lady that I really like. She's local there. She syncs her calendar with my calendar. She's kind of my eyes there. So it's it's about an 11-hour drive for me, and there's no easy way to fly. And I have a two-year-old that's terrible in the car, oh, so no. we don't go. Like we 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 took my six-year-old over Thanksgiving and just left him home because I was like, I'm not doing 11 hours in the car yeah. with him until he's older. <laughs> but we go like once a year. But I'll send right. friends or family to check on things and let me know how everything looks. And my cleaning lady does a good job. But like you said too, everything is pretty automated. Yeah. So I just haven't had much of a need for like a a management company to come take a big percentage at this time. Maybe if I get into more like I would love a place at the beach. So that'll be that that'll be her next one. My next goal. (laughs) How much time do you personally think you'll use those two properties? Do you know? Because you kind of have to book it so far out in advance if you're renting it out the rest of the time. Yeah. So how we designed altitude is we actually have a separate essentially unit in the basement that will never be rented out. Um, So that will allow us, I mean, it's basically like a one bedroom hotel room, if you will. So it's nothing, you know, big and luxurious by any stretch. But then at the very least, if we want to go out and go skiing for the weekend, we'll still have a place to stay. Um, But I have a feeling we probably won't be staying in like the main part of the house that much because ultimately we want to be renting it. Um, As far as Florida is concerned, the really nice thing about the Emerald Coast in that area of Florida is that peak season for them is summer. And for us, Minnesota, like summer is amazing in Minnesota. So I have no desire to go to Florida in the summertime. So that's great. We'll rent it during peak season. We'll go over the winter when it's not as, it is more temperate down there. It's not as hot like Southern Florida. Um, 
So I'm not sure how much time, I think a couple weeks each year, but it's definitely yeah. not at this point, something that we'll spend months at for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I know people always ask me, do you feel bad that you never use your cabin? I'm yeah. like, no, because if I don't use it, it rents. And so exactly. I have no guilt. You know, I have no guilt. No guilt. It's fine. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode? Email templates. You're right. We sure do. (laughs) And after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have (laughs) copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I've never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. (laughs) To get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes. And we've already done all the work for you. We wrote them and you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice. And we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right. It's just there. It's It's already in there. It's just already in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll send you an email and we'll say updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an S 101.com email templates 101.com. Yes. Head over for reviews and all of the specifics. Wonderful. Hey, enjoy. Okay. So Emerald was a renovation. Altitude was a new build. Yes. Do how do you feel about being your own client? Are you the worst client? Are you was it easy? Like tell us about that experience. Yeah. Um. So I we actually went through. I've remodeled for myself before, and then we did build our current home. I'm definitely my worst client, hands down. I think I've gotten better. I really do think I've gotten better. Um. But I think the biggest challenge is that. Being a designer, you want to be doing things that are on the forefront of the design trends. And so you want to take risks, but you don't want to take too big of a risk. And then also it is your project. So clients always come first. And so the biggest challenge is that we have these great processes in place that we have for our clients. But then when it comes to our projects, it's just a free for all because we're just (laughs) doing it last minute. And I'm like, this is why we follow our processes, you guys. Right. It's definitely a different animal building for yourself, for sure. Okay. I'm so glad you brought up trends because, okay, my real estate office is a design real estate firm. So my Mm -hmm. broker does design work, you know, interior design. She has designers on staff and she has realtors who are doing real estate work. And I've always had a big passion for design. She has reposted so much Alma Homes over the years. So I said, hey. I'm going to interview Kirsten. What do you want to ask her? And she yeah. said, oh, I want to know what the trends are. So she's like, I know she goes to all of the shows, like mm-hmm. the trade shows. And I want to know what the build and design trends coming are. So will you? can you share yeah. a couple of thoughts on that? Of course. So trends are definitely going more natural. So you're going to see a lot of darker colors, a lot of darker tones. So wood tones are going to start to start to lean a little bit darker as well. I wouldn't say they're going like dark, dark, but definitely more medium tones are coming in. Browns are actually 
really making a comeback, which back to Brown. We posted a reel and we were just laughing at at the feedback. I mean, we're on the very front end of that trend coming, um, but you can definitely see it in just some warmer tones. Um, and then just but Kirsten, I just got over brown from the beginning of the two thousand. I know, I know. I still have clients <laughs> painting over the tan and the brown, and the builder brown. Like I don't know if I can just go back. <laughs> it it definitely takes some getting used to for sure. <laughs> What any others besides the colors that you notice? Um, I mean, we do, we do, and this has been a trend for a long time. But a lot of natural woods, white oak is still massively popular. Patterns, people are playing a lot more with pattern and color. Um, wallpaper has been just exploding on the scene, and that's been so fun to really inject some personality into spaces. Um, and just, I think color in general is is much more forward than it has been the past few years with all white everything. Mm-hmm. Love that. Okay. Now we're going to get into a whole nother part of your business yes. because we're fascinated by all of it. What inspired you to branch out from your one-on-one client work and start adding an online component? So you have a course and some other courses coming. Like what inspired that? And I really want you to tell us about your digital downloads because yeah. we have never seen that where you could be like, I would like to know this paint color. And you're like, here is a digital download, but it, it does cost $5. And I thought, what? That is brilliant. Genius. It's so yeah. brilliant. Yes. Thank you. So, so talk us through how that came to be and like what your online business, I guess, thoughts are. Yeah, a lot of it, again, it stemmed from that wanting to diversify our income streams. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, we're in the same exact company, the same exact industry. So we wanted to see how we can leverage our platform that we have built and how can we start to monetize that. Um, and so it, I guess there's a two-part answer to it as well. So being that we are more of a boutique company, we only are working with you know 10 to 15 clients per year. And we want to be able to serve more people. And I think one of the ways we can do that is through courses. So even though we may not be able to actually build for you, we can create resources that then you can use during your build so you can get sort of the Alma experience without physically working with us. So that was a huge driver, obviously wanting to diversify diversify income streams, but also just make information more accessible to more people. And then the digital downloads honestly kind of came out as we were just getting inundated with questions and Mm -hmm. it was taking somebody, it was a full-time job just responding to these questions. And so we're like, how can we make this more sustainable? Because this is not sustainable. And we figured, you know, um, we actually had done, you know, different affiliate marketing. And at one point we had a photo of my mudroom go completely viral And what we've learned is that affiliate marketing is great for fashion. It's great for different components. It doesn't always do the best in home design because we got inundated with questions on what's this tile, what's this tile, what's this tile. We probably sent out tens of thousands of links to this tile. And when I look back, I think we probably made $200 on that tile. And so we were like, how can we work smarter than this? Because that was a lot of work for not a lot of reward, essentially. And so we just kind of took, here are most common requested sources. Let's make it super accessible. So if someone really wants it, it's $5. Like it's the price of a latte. Um, And then they can purchase the information if they really want it. Because I think a lot of people just, they want the information, but they don't actually do anything. Want it. Yeah, they don't need it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, right. That's a great point. Cause you're mm-hmm. like, you have to hit the button and put in yeah. your credit card information. So yeah. it's only $5, but like, how serious are you? Cause mm-hmm. you're, you're taking up a lot of my time to run my business for me yeah. telling you a paint color one at a time, every picture yeah. that I post. And so I do you have to update that constantly as you post new photos, you have to kind of go into that tab of your website and put yep. that paint color. So that's just so always we're constantly involved. putting those new digital downloads together. And we've kind of had to tweak the language and what we're doing. We've tested different things. We're now we'll actually give away paint colors if they join our email list just to try to grow that email list and then have other things where they can purchase. Um, but it has, I mean, we got a lot of pushback too at first. Like some people were not happy about the fact that we were charging for it, which I understand. But I think one of the challenges is, is there's so many um, you know, content creators out there who they're just sharing their home. And so it's pretty easy. They probably have, I don't know, five to 10 paint colors max. Whereas for us, we're posting all of these projects and we're like, we literally don't know the paint color off the top of our head. Someone has to look it up. It actually does take time. And I don't think people always understand that. So. Well, I think it also just goes back to being true to your brand and yeah. knowing your value and knowing your worth. And that is something that's time consuming. And if it's something that they're upset about, you're yeah. probably not a good fit as a client yeah. either. So yeah. it's, well, a, we've it's also okay. Learned, yeah. We've also learned, like we've tailored our messaging to just, just basically like softening the blow a little bit. Being like, thank you so much for your support. Like... Here's right. this information, but it is paid. So like if you want free information, here's where you can find free resources because I get it. Not everybody does ha- does have the means to to pay for paint colors. So we do try to have a lot of free information on our blog or on our email list that they can get and still feel mm-hmm. like they're getting stuff from us. I actually think that was a really good tip. She softened the language because yeah. she's still saying, no, I'm not going to yeah. give you this paint color. I, I don't have the time to go look it up. But yeah here's a free resource. Here's the paid paint color. Thank you so much for your interest. You know, please continue to support the business, but you can only do what you can do. And I think a lot of people, when you become pretty popular on social media, that's hundreds of thousands of people looking at your photos and wanting to ask you questions. And it's just sometimes like, I'd love to answer every single Mm -hmm. person that asks a question, but logistically it just can't be done. So I do think that was a really clever way to still satisfy that need of your audience, but Mm -hmm. make it worth it for you to continue to keep up with it. Yeah. Um, Okay. Can you, so you have all of these different things going on. Can you tell us your biggest challenge running this business? Like what is the thing that's, I guess, most challenging? (laughs) There's a lot of challenges. Anyone that's ever run a business knows that every day there's a new challenge that you didn't think you're going to have to deal with. Um, I think hands down, just within our business itself, the biggest challenge can usually be subcontractors, just finding quality trades. Um, At one point, we actually had talked about opening branches in Colorado and in Florida because we just we love those locations. We love those areas. There's so much, so many beautiful homes. Um, But ultimately, we decided we're like, we're just going to be taking like the biggest pain point in our business and duplicating it because finding quality trades is so challenging. And we have great trades. We really do. We have great subcontractors. But it takes a long time to develop those relationships and find good. I was wondering how you subcontracted out like your remodel in Florida. And yeah, did you interview? Was it people you knew? How did you even know who to hire? 
So Ethan is very resourceful. He has no problem. He just walks onto a job site and gets people's information where I'm much more introverted than that for sure. Um, but a lot of it was very, very cosmetic. So the only people that we actually had to hire down there were painters and flooring. Everything else we took care of ourselves. Ethan went down and demoed. Um, and then they put in floors. We brought cabinets down and did those ourselves. And, and wow. countertops as well. They had to do countertops. Um, mm-hmm. But flooring and countertops are usually pretty easy to find reputable brands. Um, and painters, he just he walked into different units in our complex that had painters. And he's <laughs> like, this looks good. Do you want a job? Yeah. And good job. Like, okay. <laughs> Perfect. around the corner. Yeah. But Colorado has been really challenging um, just because where it is in Breckenridge, there's such a demand for construction. There's not a lot of workers. And so we've actually flown a lot of our subcontractors out there just because it's less expensive for us. We know them. We trust them. We know their quality. Um, so we've done that for a lot of different parts of that build. Kirsten, is that because there aren't a lot of people living in Breckenridge that aren't like second homing, like vacation? Yeah. So because it's a vacation town, there probably yeah. aren't just a lot of tradespeople who can even afford to live there, I would think. Like, Correct. would they be driving from like yeah, Denver? Yeah, a like- lot of them drive from Denver. On The people that we've hired a lot drive from Denver. Um, and there's such, there's such a massive need for construction. There's such a massive need for affordable housing out there because unfortunately, yeah, it is very vacation heavy. And so a lot of the actual workers in Summit County are being driven out. Um, The county has been doing a lot just to try to subsidize things, but there's definitely a housing shortage for sure. Yeah. It's, I think that's happening in a lot of places, but I definitely could see it in like a vacation town. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so can you share with us your vision for the business and where it's going maybe in the next 10 years or so or like what the, what the goal is? And we would yeah, love to hear absolutely. that. absolutely. Well, so when I first started Alma, the main goal and the main intent was actually to stay small and focus on quality over quantity. And that won't change. So we always want to continue to serve our clients, to serve a select number of clients and really just give them an amazing experience. I think we will see the biggest difference is in our online presence. So as you've seen, we've expanded into courses that will continue to grow and we'll just continue to expand into different online avenues so we can serve more people and they can work with us in different capacities. So that's kind of the big big overarching goal is to continue to expand and serve more people. I love that. Well, just from looking at your website and your social medias and the team that you have, it really, from the outside looking in, looks like you have it all together. I mean, everything is so organized. I don't every day, but thanks. Excuse me, I knew it was coming and I was trying not to. But yes, I just love how streamlined everything appears to be. And it's all very cohesive together, even though they're separate. So yeah, it is very nice. Okay. Since our podcast is for agents, um, realtors, do you have any tips for realtors as they might be working with a builder? Do you have realtors ever bring you clients? And and I guess maybe any thoughts about that part of the process? Absolutely. We do a lot, actually. Um, I think for us, we work very hands-on with realtors because no one in our office is a realtor. And so if our clients come to us, they need to purchase land. We don't hold land. 
Um, so we have some great realtors that we will refer them to, and we have some great realtors that will bring us clients when they are looking to build or to remodel. Um, and I think the best way to have a great relationship, obviously, is start to foster that relationship, but understand what their what their systems and their process is and how you can be an asset versus what you might do that might start to get in the way. I know sometimes what can be challenging is as the realtor, your responsibility is to your client and you want to be this advocate for your client, but you need to make sure that it's actually helpful with the builder. Sometimes it can be too many cooks in the kitchen. So just really understanding what that dynamic is. Um, if it's a situation where the builder may not be as organized, you may need to be more of an advocate, advocate for your client. Um, but for us, sometimes like if realtors want to come to selection meetings, we actually ask them not to just because we've been trained in design. We know how to bring out what the client wants. We understand all of their different, all the different facets. And sometimes having that extra opinion can actually confuse things. So just understanding the builder and what they need from you and how you can be the most supportive in that role, I think will serve you very, very well in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Love that. Okay. At the end of every episode, we do a toast. Did you think of someone you would like to toast to today who's maybe part of your success or someone you want to celebrate? I definitely do. It's not just one person. I would love to toast our incredible team because they have just been so wonderful and we would not be where we are without them. And we so appreciate their hard work every day because it is a grind some days and some days it is a very thankless job. So we just want to give a huge shout out to our incredible team. That is awesome. That so is. cheers to them. We saw their sweet pictures on your website and it, it it's hard to build a good team and you cannot yeah. do anything yourself really. So mm-hmm. happy to toast to them. Any yeah. parting words or do you want to share with us where people can find you? Um, yeah, that'd be definitely. great. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find us online at almahomes.com or you can find us on Instagram or TikTok at almahomes.com. And Pinterest at Alma Homes. Basically everywhere like at Alma Homes. You're Alma Homes. <laughs> Great. Tell me where the name comes from. I don't actually know. Um, it means soul in Spanish, which just kind of oh. felt warm and fuzzy and like you put your heart and soul into your home. So it was just, it was a good fit. Oh, yeah. For I love sure. That. I love that too. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate you. We're going to have everyone go and follow Alma Homes Aww. and enjoy your beautiful design and builds and, um, Keep us posted, I guess. And we are going to stay in Emerald. So yes, we're really so jazzed. I was going to say something that I wasn't sure if we were allowed because I'm so <laughs> excited. I know. We're going next month. So yeah. when this airs. We're, we'll stay before this airs. So, so we'll we have can some share some photos. photos. Yes. We're so excited. Well, we're really, I'm so really excited, excited for you guys to stay there. You're going to love it. It's so yeah. It's perfect. We love it. That's our favorite place in the world. So oh, it's an it's easy so drive for beautiful. us there. We, we mm-hmm. can get there in like five and a half hours. So yeah. I wish we could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you leave your house at 9 a.m., you're almost there by lunch. Yeah, oh, so it's quite ni- yeah, it's quite nice. We're going to enjoy that so much. Okay. Well, um, yes, do follow up with that email when you have a chance. We Perfect. don't, this doesn't air until the end of May. So you have okay. time. It's really not Perfect. a rush. Um, and then I guess we'll be in touch and we'll let you know how that stay goes. Well, this was great. Okay, so great, Kirsten. Thank you so much. We appreciate you so much. Um, 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly and leave us a review or drop a comment if you're listening on Spotify. If you have an episode topic or someone you'd like to toast on the show, please email us at team at hustlehumblypodcast.com. Find us on social media at Hustle Humbly Podcast. Don't forget to find all of the free resources at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. See you next week.